Hello and welcome to another episode of Coffee and Conservation, a laid-back podcast where we discuss everything from cool animals, conservation, the environment, and what we can do to help. I'm Robert Pike, a field journalist for the Global Conservation Force, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mike Veal, a world-renowned rhino conservationist and president of the Global Conservation Force. Thank you guys for joining us on the podcast episode here. Um, definitely going to say this is kind of guerrilla backyard style. We are on the road right now. Uh, you destroyed our hotel room. To I get this. flipped extra mattresses that weren't even necessary. I used pillows as... Coffee uh, tables are over here. Yeah, we got coffee tables and um, a seat that doesn't stay up. Nope. Uh, and a nice background of a TV. Which sums up us perfectly, I think. Yeah, like this is like two feral creatures were released in a room, panicked, and then had their way with this place. Yeah, advance. Sorry for housekeeping. For, yeah, for well, this. you know, we're going to make sure we get it back in order, but yeah. uh, we had to make do. Yeah. Um, so we are in Mexico. Yes. Uh, and if you're first curious as to why, we'll get to that later. But yeah. um, as two people working in conservation for Global Conservation Force, uh, we are on the never-ending wildlife protection and conservation mission, hence the theme of this show. Um, I was going to think like it would be cool if it was like... <laughs> that sounds like too much editing, so yeah, we'll figure it out when we... We'll, maybe. <laughs> maybe. We can drop it in. Yeah, I suppose. But um, yeah, so my name is Mike Beal. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I have over 15 years in the wildlife conservation scene and frontline wildlife protection, and we wanted to branch out and do more and co-host with robert hi i'm robert i do not have 15 years of experience but i have what like three three solid years three very uh on the ground fun in depth yeah. you've been all over for the team yep 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 asia africa now south what is this central america yeah, yeah technically been a bit. don't forget australia australia yeah i got a couple of stripes under my belt yeah you know? and of course our san diego projects too. yep 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 it is kind of cool to like hey do you want to jump on a gcf also side note we need you in indonesia and also side note africa and then like boom bop 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 like it's... yeah hey like what are you doing next week potentially yeah. <laughs> and what does tomorrow look like because things could change a lot faster than yeah yeah hey, how cool are you with uh going to the middle of nowhere tomorrow you're like yeah pretty cool i'm open yeah uh no no shoes no shirt no cell service no problem no problem um so we're currently working on a uh counter wildlife trafficking mm -hmm. and counter illegal pet trade based deal so if you are familiar with global conservation force we you probably know we're usually not in mexico or south america nope um, and that's just generally because we are buried in projects uh, in Africa and Asia. Mm -hmm. Now, the pandemic has changed everything. Um, we're essentially kind of grounded in the States while our uh, partners in Asia and our programs in Asia and Africa yep. and our staff and teams in Africa and partner teams in Africa are running stuff. Mm -hmm. We've also had to withdraw a lot because... Funding hasn't come in. Nope. So we've been on this, like, the world's in a global crisis. Conservation is already at, like, a tip of the spear moment where we have to do stuff. Mm -hmm. And conservationists are losing funding everywhere, including us. And things need to get done, yet 
we're frozen in place and we're making do. Yep. And we're actually supposed to be in Africa right now. Yeah. Um, so it is uh, February 19th, yep. uh, 2021. We were supposed to be in Africa as like of two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, yeah. And uh, we would have been training the next generation of rangers mm -hmm. going into uh, become anti-poaching rangers from the local communities. There's going to be a mixed group of young men and women, um, primarily Kosa in their background, but probably have a blend of maybe some Zulu and mm -hmm. Shangon uh, as well, because uh, it's going to be in the southern part mm -hmm. of uh, South Africa. I think that's really cool, though, that, like, you know, that our trip got postponed, right? And so instead of being like all sad face, you and I were like, oh, well, let's do other things. Like we never sat on our hands and like kind of gotten down on everything. We we're like, oh, well, let's do the things in San Diego. You know, what's that? We, you know, illegal tra uh, pet trade in, in Central America. Well, let's go. Like we never stopped being conservationists when it was inconvenient for us. And I think that's that's a big testament for, I think, for the GCF and then us as, you know, representatives of it. Right. Like. You know? The, the work never stops. So yeah. like we've had um, our programs in Vietnam running the entire year, mm -hmm. our APUs on the ground, anti-poaching units on the ground, um, our canines running full force uh, and finishing training for some of them, uh, you know, all these negotiations. There's a lot of background work always going on. But then again, like when a, when a, a delay happens, your priorities shift to what you can act on now, which may mm -hmm. have actually gotten bumped earlier. So like, we wouldn't have been available for this trip. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Like, it's so weird, dude, because like, you know, like who knows what would happen to this this case or this animal, like had you and I not done this. Yeah, exactly. Know? So current work, let's uh, kind of dive in. Let's bring it in. We've kind of been painting around the plate. Yeah. You know? We are here to, so we got a tip off uh, about three weeks ago, so beginning of February, um, by a Good Samaritan that had made a rescue of an endangered ocelot. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a small, stocky cat species, uh, ranges from Central America in Mexico all the way down to uh, mainland South America. Um, they are a uh, endangered species. However, we found out upon arrival that it's actually a margay, which is a different species of small jungle cat. Um, with Equally a, as endangered, too. Yeah, yeah, they're not as endangered, oh, actually. Really? Okay. But they are threatened. Sure. Now, they could be in real life, just as endangered, but there's not enough data. Sure. And so, you know, how do you prove a species is, is endangered is a good question at the first start here. And, you know, you have to have researchers out there doing that study. And if they haven't done a study on that species, they don't have all of the categorical information to make that call and to convince uh, the bigger bodies to say, hey, this one's in trouble. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we're down here. Um, normally what we would do in this situation, because it is further... It is a leap for us. We would coordinate that from state sides and uh, state side. We would help uh, connect all bodies of law enforcement, but due to some mistrust, and I can't blame them, they did not want to talk with the Mexican authorities. They did not trust the rescues that had reached out to them. Mm -hmm. um, it was apparent in the beginning. A lot of them had a ulterior motive. They wanted something else out of it. Mm -hmm. And our U.S. representatives, who would be attachés at the State Department aren't in country because of the pandemic. Yep. Uh, so they too are stateside and there was a small incident this year. It sounded like that maybe ruffled feathers between um, American bodies of uh, diplomacy and Mexican authorities. So kind of like this challenging cocktail of pandemic mm -hmm. species in the middle of nowhere, good Samaritan doesn't know how to take care of endangered mm -hmm. species. Mm -hmm. We have a window of opportunity. So, we made it happen. Yeah, we're kind of like in a weird 
weird spot right now, I think, like, with everything going on. But we made the absolute best of the situation. I mean, we did fantastic. Yeah, so flash forward, not paying around the picture anymore. <laughs> I call Robert after working on this case for two weeks. Yeah, we were I talking go, about this, yeah, on the way from the Shaz Agave thing. Yeah, we are working on Shaz Agave, which is an endangered uh, agave in San Diego County. And I go, hey, dude, so this case in Mexico, it's not hitting a resolution point because there's just breakdowns of communications between the groups and trust. Mm-hmm. We might have to go down there to just just wrap everything up and get this this ocelot now known as Marge, mm-hmm. uh no, now known to be as Marge, into the proper care because it's been in a wire cage for like six months mm-hmm. they didn't even have the key to the lock they locked yeah, the they cage didn't even and have like the, the freaking key to the the lock that mm-hmm. they had this cat trapped in it was terrible so uh it, you know we're negotiating between all the parties and i guess okay that's it we're going <laughs> and so i go hey dude block out next week mm-hmm. um we're going to do the CBX land bridge crossing, fly from TJ, mm-hmm. and that's the most economical way, by the way, to cross over if you're coming from Southern California. Recommend 10 out of 10. Oh, gosh, 10 out of 10 recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um, parked my car safely in California, mm-hmm. walked into the nice building, checked in, crossed over in the TJ airport. That's it. No problem. Um, hopped down to Mexico City, did some uh, communication negotiations down there. Hop over into uh, further south into Mexico for for reasons of trust and uh, everything going on. We won't exactly say where we're at, um, but so we meet up with the point of contact, Good Samaritan, mm-hmm. and uh, super thankful. So we started at like what three a.m. <laughs> yeah, dude. I woke up at two. I was at your house at four, and we were in TJ by what four thirty-five. Yeah, yeah, and then. We're sitting in the airport, transferred down to Mexico City. The whole day's travel, basically. Mm-hmm. We get to where we're supposed to be at like five thirty. <laughs> get a rental car, yeah. and then uh, drive another hour and a half. It gets dark. There's we speed get, bumps everywhere. Oh my gosh, speed bumps Mexico that are like axle breakers. Yeah. Uh, we get lost. Yeah. We're using a GPS. Mm-hmm. There's no cell service. Nope. Like, I'm using a handheld GPS. It's dark. It's dark. There's no street lights. There's no street names where we're going. We were going strictly by the hand-drawn map that the car rental lady drew us. Yes. I straight up was like, you know what? Every single time you go somewhere, ask the locals. Mm -hmm. Work with the locals. That's your best friend. So I was like, I asked her as if I didn't know how to travel there. Although I had research how to get there. I had used the maps how to get there. We had multiple layers of backup. Her simple pencil sketch is actually what got saved us there. our life. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and we actually had to stop and ask like these two random ladies and like in the middle of the night. Yeah, hey. it's like at that point it was dark. Yeah. It was probably eight o'clock eight at that o'clock, point. Yeah, and we roll up. Uh, keep in mind we don't speak Spanish, unfortunately. Embarrassingly enough, really uh, embarrassing. I probably know a lot more Afrikaans mm-hmm. and some of the blends of tribal dialects yep. and French. We've been uh, doing pretty good this trip, though. Yeah. So you know we get through broken um, again. You know we don't. Have a, we don't have any yeah. stead projects We've here in Central South America. Yeah. So we figure it out. We get to the right place. We end up within 100 yards of our Airbnb, and the entirety of Mexico is blacked out. They drop the power. Yep. Pitch black. Pitch black. For the record, too, there's like there's people walking around in the middle of the night. Like mm-hmm. It's like no big deal. And so this, is, this was a huge culture shock to me because I, I had this preconceived notion that like you just don't go out after night. And then we drive there, and it's just like, hey, there's tourists everywhere. We just laugh and having a good time. We're like, whoa. Yeah, and I, I was like, 
I definitely didn't expect the vibe to be like this chill yeah. in this region, mm-hmm. um, which it was, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our point of contact meets us, helps us actually find our physical lodging, our mm-hmm. Airbnb, mm-hmm. which because it was dark, no street names and everything stacked up on top of each other. You, you could be a stone's throw from it and not even know, which yeah. is what exactly happened. Yeah. Um, and our Airbnb host uh, wasn't communicating back, but that was because the power's out, the Wi-Fi's out, everything's out. Yeah. Um, so then from there, okay, it's like 9.30-ish yeah. at that point. I traveled all day. We've all day. Up, from yeah. 3 a.m. all the way to that point. Now we're in we're in the location. We're near, we're at and we so I'm saying, okay, we've got to get control of the situation for the better of this cat so I can really lock in the transfer of, of, author, of, of care mm-hmm. and custody for this endangered cat who's been in this cage for so long. Yeah. And so what do we do? We go off-roading in a tiny Nissan hatchback mm-hmm. in the middle of the Mexican jungle and meet some dude who lives in a, like, they described his, block. Yeah, his, his kitchen was, they were like, it's the perfect cat box. Yeah, they called his house the litter box. <laughs> I don't think they realized, I don't think they meant it in a bad way. Sure. He had, like, this patio that was, like, sand mm-hmm. trap with, you know, mesh on it to keep mm-hmm. birds and monkeys and all sorts of critters yeah. out. It gave off wicked Indo vibes. It's, it did. It, it gave did. off total total Indonesia vibes. Yeah. Uh, super nice guy. Uh, again, not going to mention his name or no. what he does, anything no. like that. Uh, he asked to stay anonymous. anonymous. Yeah. Uh, so he's feeding um, the ocelot uh, based on our recommendation. Again, thinking he was ocelot, now knowing he's Margay. Um, chicken from the market, mm-hmm. um, fish from the market, and including roughage, making sure it's not you know, full of content of bone. Mm-hmm. Not an animal care professional. Evident. Not an animal person. Very evident. Yeah. And he was very stressed about it. So he was very relieved. We loaded this uh, uh, cat and crate, wire crate into the rental car. Immediately. The musk. smell hits you. Yeah, the musk. And, and just the, the feces on the cage. And just a combination of everything. You were just driving and you're like... Yep, there goes our there goes our rental I'm like, deposit. Dude, I'm like, we're gonna have to do something about this. And so yeah, we'll come back to that though. Yeah. Uh get it, transport it. Yep. Now it's back in our hotel room, like weight off our shoulders. We've been dealing with this for solid two weeks at that point, mm-hmm. and there's been a lot of ups and downs and circling around, all sorts of stuff. A lot of, of mistrust issues. Um yeah, and so our contacts are great. They're super friendly. Mm-hmm. They were so thankful. Start feeding the cat. The next day, the point of contact for the uh, Mexican authorities and the rescue that I had been working with locked it all in. Yep. Um, I set up a, a formal MOU saying, hey, this is our intentions. This is what we need to achieve with you, you, and you. And how do we facilitate this best? So they're, they're 12 hours drive from us. For the accredited facility with the accredited appropriate authorities, mm-hmm. um, I'm really not game to drive because I know what it entails, and it's not going to be fun. No. But I do get the written status from the Mexican authorities that mm-hmm. you know we are acting under their endorsement, and we have their collaboration and cooperation. Mm-hmm. So if the other police get involved, we have that all figured out. Next day, get all the permits done. 
all the comms done, all the plans done. By like 8 a.m. By like 8 a.m. <laughs> it's just like, it's a whirlwind. It's so weird. It goes like this, and then it's just like, build up, build up, build up, execute. Build up, build up, build up, execute. Done. It's like, it's totally not what we thought. Yeah, it we was great. In. But it was, it all fell in because also, you know, two and a half weeks-ish mm-hmm. working at that point mm-hmm. on it. Finally was able to like, here we go, we got it yeah, all. this is it. So then we spent that day... Um, getting all the care and transfer stuff ready for the for the uh, Margay and got some fresh red snapper from the fish market, mm-hmm. locally caught, um, fed them, transported them to our new, like we had to change Airbnbs, yep. um, you know, cleaned them um, and helped, you know, do a behavioral assessment on them, see like how imprinted on people. Luckily, showed really wild tendencies. Yep. Which is what we want. No injuries, no trauma. Um, so really good sign for a release. Um, fast forward, next day, the authorities arrive. Yeah, right. Oh, um, who yep. I was yeah. say, wait, can I I'm not gonna say the name. Yeah, I'll probably not say their name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they arrive. Immediately one falls out of the car, which I thought was awesome. Yeah. They they were a little lost themselves. They couldn't yeah. find us. It was and hard to find places. Yeah. In those but places. We're using like WhatsApp pin drops. So like yeah. you can find each other within a hundred yards. Again, we were a hundred yards from each other couldn't and they were them. completely lost. Yep. Um, so we get, we align each other. Then we work on the paperwork. We do the formal government filing of the report, sign the paperwork. Mm-hmm. They were old school. They wrote it in their handbook, mm-hmm. then wrote it on the computer, then took it, Somewhere to go get printed. Go I have no printed. idea where. Because, like, there's probably not a printer in that entire area. I would have no idea. They come back, like, 20 minutes later. We all sign it and agree on mm-hmm. it, which is great because I had asked for formal signings of everything. Mm-hmm. We wanted everything above table. And we wanted to show, uh, especially, like, with the um, authorities, that cooperation and collaboration is, like, the best way to succeed because that's sure. not always something that – um other countries will focus on mm-hmm. but you can lead by example on that if you know if you've done it before and then once you do they love it everybody yeah. gets has a signed piece of paper it's got your names on it everybody's like yes we all agreed on this this is how it happened this is where it's going they were really excited they were so excited <laughs> so they were like excited. they were like we have it printed yeah we have it printed there's they like two older gentlemen yeah. and they're so excited about printed papers mm-hmm. then they wanted pictures with mm-hmm. us which was also great mm-hmm. we did a little like you know we carried it to the car and then we set up um the margay in the back of their vehicle so it would be air conditioned and yep. um we had two handmade mats so that the cat wouldn't spill anything on their seats and then also was was draped so it wouldn't be stressed in the transport yeah um and then it's it's like uh, the next move was just like, okay, all of that's done. Yeah. With the, by like day three? Day three. Day three, day three on the ground by, by noon. Yeah. Yeah. Or actually about one o'clock. Which actually. is something that we were we had planned for five days. Like that was day three happened in what we thought five days would be. Yeah. We gave ourselves extra time. You never know. Yeah. Uh, they could have broken down. They could have mm-hmm. got, they couldn't get called off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, next step. So we're telling the entire story of this because it's really important, you know, this this is going to impact everybody's travel. For sure. Right? Everybody's traveling can make a difference. So we're on our way home now, and we have coordinated the pickup between the authorities and the rescue hospital for wildlife, and then the transfer of wildlife rehab to release. 
So it's a pretty cool story. Freaking awesome, actually. Yeah, it's exhausting. That Margay is so cute, though. Yeah, super cute, super <laughs> wild, wild little critter, yeah. uh, which is again good. Mm-hmm. Um, made Robert learn how to feed it. It was scary. The thing is, like, I mean, it's like this tiny, it's like Puss in Boots, right? So it's got these big old eyes, and you're just like, this is so adorable. And then it eats a fish, and you're like, eee. yeah, you know, like, or you were like that, because I was like, kitty. Yeah, you were like, you were cool. You were like, here, don't ever feed it like this. And you're feeding it like that. And I was like, eee. yeah, I was, I was not like this. Yeah. I was like, the bar, the, so the cage is like, you know, you have your top mesh and your yeah. side mesh. And I was like, okay, your fingers hold them like this. Mm-hmm. So when you feed from the top, you know, it's draped in and, then he can reach up and grab it, and we had cut it into longer pieces. So you're keeping your hands safe and the cat's teeth safe because yep. it's metal to teeth. You don't want that. And so I said, don't feed it from the side. <laughs> what are you going but, to do? So I, I did do that, yeah. but I was also doing that to see. Um, I wanted to see its teeth, mm-hmm. and I couldn't actually get a good view. Mm-hmm. And I was also trying to see if there's any damage. Sure. So like, I'm feeding on the side, and what I do is, you know, you kind of like you, you set the piece of fish with like a couple inches on the inside mm-hmm. and drape it. But I don't want Robert to get bit. No. Plus um, it's also important to know that you have cat experience. I don't, I don't have yes. as, yeah, I don't it. really have a whole lot of cat experience. And so I'll, I'll be entry level bunny slope from the top. Yeah. We, yeah. We don't need you to jump yeah. in like, you know, all right, Robert, I need you to do it, teach a shift behavior. And yeah. I need you to also help me teach it on a, you know, the intro to wild reintroduction here on prey. <laughs> yeah. And you just stick your finding. hand in a cage and figure out his gender. Nothing like that. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, yeah, we're going to keep you safe, bud. <laughs> so feed the cat yeah um all goes well you know that point so now uh you've got a little cat experience i do i do Um, and i did it with gloves which i forgot to tell you about yes which i couldn't stop (laughs) laughing and now granted you would normally do that but because i did the fish prep and was no contact with anything else i was just Mm -hmm. like whatever Mm -hmm. um so yeah so now we're in the final stages we're in the home run uh Last day in Mexico. But you can't leave Mexico without a couple happenings. <sighs> Dude, I knew we were talking about this. All right. So I think we're ready. I think I wanna start I wanna start on the easy side. Pre yeah. Robert got he trapped himself in a bathroom. Oh, I did not think this is this is the easy side? Yeah, that's the easy one. This is worse. This is better. Oh it gets God. better. It doesn't make the it okay. All right. Paint so we're at a coffee shop. We're just Seeing the areas, kind of scouting it. In a beautiful area. It's gorgeous. Beautiful barista. What happens, Robert? Well, after three days of coffee and fish, (laughs) you tend to want to move some product, more or less. And the distance between where we're at to where we were was a very long, very speed bump oriented road. So so things were kind of accelerating at a quicker motion than I would have liked. He's got to go potty. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go potty, and it ain't, it ain't a pee pee. And we get to this coffee shop. We just get done flying the drone. We get to this coffee shop. Mike wants coffee. I kind of eyeball it as we drove by. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's that's gonna be a good bathroom because you can kind of like you've yeah, been you on the road tell. enough. Bathroom yeah. equals luxury yeah. on the road. It's very nice. And especially when you're abroad, mm-hmm. you never know what you're going to expect. So yep. clean bathroom that's, and safe bathroom. 10 out of 10. Yeah. And that's, you have an eye for that too. Like you can, you eventually, oh, like, yeah. you can like, oh yeah, then this place is going to be like, a good oh, bathroom. that's a spot. Yep, yep, yep. So you're like, oh, well, let's go to this coffee shop. I go, great. Then you're going to have a bathroom. So the cute little barista is like, oh, you know, buenos dias. 
how are you? And Mike's, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I point to you and you order your coffee and I kind of slip by and I go to the bathroom. And then when I go to shut the door, the door is having a hard time locking. And I was like, this is weird. I mean, maybe it's off the track or something like that. I didn't think anything of it at the moment because I've got poop brain and, and I'm kind of not thinking straight. <laughs> so I eventually lock it, do what needs to be done. I'm all happy with myself. I'm very, I feel relieved. I'm not sweating anymore. Um, and I go to leave and I do, and door's not unlocking. Uh-oh. Meanwhile, my mama bear senses are tingling. <laughs> like, I'm drinking a cappuccino and I'm like, Robert's been gone Dude, for too long. It was a beautiful area. I was like, there's no way Mike's not just and chilling outside. So you know, like, he's like, he's a soft lad, you know? Mm. I'm thinking, did he get mugged by yeah. some sh- by some street vendor? Some did he, is he... Shoeless hippie. Did a shoeless hippie, like, chase him into yeah. a tree? Mm-hmm. Like, what happened? Yeah. What happened to Robert? I'm, meanwhile, I'm screaming, I'm, like, whisper screaming through the cracks. Mike, I'm stuck. He has a phone in I his have, pocket. Well, I didn't... He okay. has a phone in his well, pocket. Well, my pants are still down. And I, I was, have a phone in my pocket. I, <laughs> so I'm like jimmying it. I'm like with all my strength trying to unlock this latch. I'm like panic, panic mode, panic set in. I was like, I was like the Margay in the cage. I just wanted out. Yeah, and I, I got out. You got out. And then the worst part, and this is so, this so paints our friendship. Is I get out, I go to you, and you're like, hey bud, you okay? I had a feeling. I go, where were you? I was so scared. <laughs> My mama bear instincts are correct. I was like, Robert's in trouble. <laughs> Who would have thought it was a, a harmless bathroom stall that would have uh, entrapped him? It kind of was like the theme for the whole day. Yeah, it was pretty good. All right, so we're going to circle back again. So we're on this trip, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of these destinations are gorgeous, but the threat of risk is always there right so that's a comical one mm-hmm. um keep in mind we're here on again work work for the counter wildlife trafficking and illegal pet trade mm-hmm. um and so the reason we're filming and the reason we're about to move is because we're, we're putting together an entire educational story content yeah. uh, package mm-hmm. so now we now we're going to move to Mexico City. Every story needs right? an end. Yeah. I don't like going to the big cities and some of these places for many reasons. One, I don't like the city in general. I'm not a city dude. Nope. Um, two, also, you have a lot of chance, especially like in Mexico City, to hit corrupt officials. Who would have thunked? Who would have thunk? Like half a mile away from our airport. So we get a rental car <sighs> in Mexico City. Now, this is solely to show... Everybody, the full story. Transparency is huge for us. You're right? welcome, America. So you can see rescue in the location, hand over to authorities, mm-hmm. and delivery to the wildlife rescue. Yeah. You know, complete story is always nice. Um, also, this is to show literally, like, this is the best mm-hmm. outcome you could possibly have because the Good Samaritan acted immediately. Mm-hmm. And somehow they and uh, multiple different bodies of law enforcement also connected with us. Mm-hmm. So it was a really good alignment of the stars, if you will. That's why we're in Mexico City. We would not choose to be here. Yeah. <laughs> I would not choose to be yeah. here. I, unless, yeah, again, knowing what I know now. I know, wouldn't want to be here. So uh, we get a rental car. I'm super wiped out because I've been talking like to four days. Yeah, four days. Google translating, mentally exhausted. Google translating. Uh, keep in mind, still running the organization and all of the other projects in Asia, Africa, San Diego, 
there's always something going on. I was going to say, this is the longest you've been off your phone answering emails. Because you've been answering emails the whole time. Yeah, I've had to jump into a couple thousand emails while I've been down here. Yeah. And I've had to prioritize, too, because like I can't do that because I've literally got a lot of time to do all this translating. Okay, yeah. so we're here. We're here. Get a rental car. Got the rental car. Had an unfun surprise with that, too. Uh, <laughs> traveler pro tip. If you can just get a taxi or an Uber get or something taxi. of the sort in, in, a, in Mexico City or in Mexico. Yeah. And you don't need to drive every day. Do that. They it's so much easier. They uppercutted us with a a mandatory mm-hmm. insurance. And you're like, nope, it's cool. I got so, it covered. They're like, well, nope, not here. Yeah, that threw my that threw my day off because we're also a nonprofit, completely run on donations. So, a yeah. uh, hundred dollar added charge is a pretty big piss off because we literally try to keep everything yeah. as efficient as possible. Because mm-hmm. the car was supposed to be like twenty dollars. Yeah, you were really jazzed on it. I was like, yes, we got a great deal. It's only me twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. And we only need it for twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. That's better than renting a car or renting a, a taxi you know a taxi or, or something like that. Well, that was just the first step in Mexico City. <sighs> this uh, is like, and this and this next part comes after like maybe like a minute prior. I had just told Mike, hey, "This is my first time driving internationally because I don't drive stick." He jinxed us at that moment. And I don't drive on the other side of the road. And everywhere I've ever been, people drive stick and people drive on the other side of the road. So I tend to not drive. And yeah, I put it out in the universe, and their universe was like, hold my beer. And... <laughs> universe Karen stepped forward and was like, what's up, Robert? We're going to go toe to toe. We're in traffic. Half we're a mile in away. between multiple cars, not passing anybody. Stress sweating already. Um, Robert's doing good. He's fine. I'm doing the directions because it's really complicated. Dude. Like multiple weird turns and stuff. It's like not this left, but the third left from the left, and really bad, annoying. Bad. So we hit the stoplight, and there's a barricade on the left, a barricade on the right. No, that one stream of cars which we're stuck in, like mm-hmm. five cars deep, and then some a in, inverted barricade towards our lane, and this little shitty. Hut, hut, like a trailer like a thing, trailer work trailer, and on the other side is like seven federales, like mm. a, a gang of them, and they don't see us at first, and they're pulling a couple cars in, and somehow when we start going, they like the lights about to go, they get the car in front of us and they get us. Mm-hmm. I was like, dang it, and just to be real, normally I would just say like screw you guys we're going like i'm not even gonna deal with this i know what your game is but we were pretty well forced because we couldn't get around anything yeah, we couldn't do anything and you also this is you know i'm not gonna tell robert to gto out of here <laughs> just like, I'm like, I'm like gto and gta like, we're like, not gonna grant that auto it in mexico yeah. city make things yeah. worse so we try to I drive really slow already yeah and he, this car floored goes yeah, robert's definitely like your senior citizen driver Dude. very slow calm yeah which is mad props, right? Yeah, Savannah makes fun of me all the time. It's good. The worst driver. So we get pulled over, and I know it's the racket because now they're going to say, oh, you were speeding. And they do. They say it. I was going 55 and a 40. I was not. No, we were literally probably going 20. I was going, yeah. I don't know. 30 and a 40. So no proof for the record. Oh, yeah. Just, no cameras, over, no radar like, gun, yeah. and also no scanning equipment and mm-hmm. no patrol cars. Mm. Uh, so Robert <laughs> hands the dude his license right off the bat, which it's not a problem. Like, right? 
you want to be amicable with these yeah, authorities, right? You don't, don't want to create situations. Yeah. But at the same time, in my head, I'm like, I wonder if we can burn rubber out of here because, like, in the past with corrupt officials, I've just not stopped. Like, you yeah. can see them from a distance usually, and you're like, oh, I don't understand what you're saying. Yeah, no hablo. <laughs> and then I hear no just hablo. Yeah, yeah, like, no hablo. <laughs> wave. You're like, ah. Make it super friendly. You get pulled over a mile down the road. I yeah. thought you were waving to me. I thought this was a friendly place. Um. Fast forward again. We end up with a un, a non-uniformed woman. Who in, is this chick? In our back seat. He, he'd Google Translate a lady. We are Google Translating back and forth the cop yeah. who's telling Robert he's got a fine and an infraction that he's going to keep his license in the rental agreement until he resolves the matter and then tells him it's going to be a whopping 8400 yeah. Uh, pesos which comes out to like just shy of like 450 and i was like mm. that's and so a lot that's now even, that's i'm more like in america yeah dude like I, i've been nailed a speeding ticket, yeah, like ticket in the states and it's like 400 bucks yeah so i'm instantly pissed and this chick's in our car and i'm like she just comes in he's like oh yeah this lady's gonna come with you show you an atm she just jumps right in yeah because we we were like well how do we resolve this and then yeah. i was like oh pay us american i was like we don't have american dollars and then we there's an exchange there i'm like okay screw it so path of least resistance how do we resolve it fast and safely because we do have a lot of camera equipment Dude, and we have our field computers dollars, yeah. so like we don't want to get the car searched and then them confiscate something and it really be detrimental mm-hmm. so you know again low resistance path of you know greatest success we get to an atm and robert is sweating sweating voice. nervous trying to keep him calm voice is trying not to crack and so I'm, I text him on WhatsApp. This chick is sitting behind me, mm-hmm. and I'm watching her in the rearview mirror and my passenger mirror, like pulled down, just in case she doesn't think sketch. Yeah. And I literally tell Robert, I'm like, if she does anything aggressive, she's in serious trouble. Like, and like that was actually my test mm-hmm. to see if she spoke English. I which, say, like, which I told him later. Yeah. And I, but he he looks at me like. Dude, I was like, so scared. I'm like, because I'm like yeah. pissed off. I'm yeah. like, if she does anything aggressive mm-hmm. and she tries to pull some like knife or something or something, like this is going to be very unfriendly. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, but I'm telling Robert too. I'm like, but don't worry, dude. It's okay. So go to the ATM. Mm-hmm. Only pull out half of the amount. Yeah. And he goes, what? Dude, Are you sure? So what I if it makes it worse? Mexican I'm like, jail, no, dude. dude. Just pull out half the amount. Ugh. I'll say that you max out your ATM card. Yeah. You couldn't pull any more. Mm-hmm. And that we that's all you could do because your card's froze because the ATM. Yeah. And he's like, okay. So he gets back in the car, talks to me. He ends up pulling out the full amount. I also didn't tell you this, but I've left my credit card or my debit card in the ATM. I had to like go halfway back. And I, this guy, you're clo- so stressed. I was so stressed. Yeah, the guy closed the door because it's like all closed. I opened up and I'm like, amigo, I forgot my debit card. And I couldn't speak Spanish and the thing was in Spanish. And so he was like, oh yeah, click, click, click. And he handed me my debit card. Oh. So, like, oh. so, so he gets back to me. He's clearly in full Not panic. Not doing well. I gotta say though, like you're the way you handled it made me more calm. Like if you weren't there, or if like you weren't so calm, I would be, I would, I, I probably would have been like, I would have uh, been ten times worse. It's always worse when you're by yourself from those situations. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> he gets back to the car and he says, "I screwed up. I have the entire amount in cash in my hand yeah. in my pocket." Yeah. And I'm like, 
right, one, like right here, my like, right hand pocket. And she's Robert's driving. I'm in the the, sh the shotgun passenger seat here, mm -hmm. and she's right behind me, so she could see if passed it to me. So I created a diversion, and I'd say Robert, just pass it to me. And I had also told him to throw away the, the receipt, ATM receipt. Yeah. So like, just in case they stripped our wallets, they would see that he didn't pull the whole amount out. So he doesn't keep the receipt. Mm -hmm. I look back at her and say, hey, and I start asking her questions. I was like, we had an issue with the ATM. And she goes, I don't understand. I go, I don't understand you. And so I kind of make a, a mock fight real quick, mm -hmm. like a, an argument. Robert passes me the wad of cash. While she's trying to Google Translate. She's trying to, that she's busy Google moment, trans, Translate. Yeah. And I'm like, perfect. Boom. Throws it to me. I grab the full amount of cash. Mm -hmm. She's Google Translating in my lap. I'm throwing down half the amount, pull half the amount, put it in the door, and leg, I call it leg keister. You keistered that thing. I, yeah. I threw it up my pant leg. Yeah. I was wearing shorts, and I, I stuck it into uh, my boxer briefs. And so then she's like, oh, I don't understand what you're asking me. And I was like, and so then I use my phone further to say, okay, this is what I'm trying to tell you. So I tell her we don't have the full amount because of the story. Mm -hmm. And then she goes, oh, meanwhile, homeboy cop, who is the racketeer on this, calls her and is like, where are you guys at? Texting her, yeah. And I'm like, just, just more annoying. Nothing screamed legit in that nothing, whole operation. Nothing. Um, so we get back. I basically tell the cop. I take over the communications with the cop. Yeah, because we pulled up and he came to your side. He came to thankfully, my side, which was thankfully. good. And so then I'm telling him like, "Sorry, dude, we just couldn't get any more." Like, and then he's like, "American dollars." I was like, "We don't have American dollars. We don't use American dollars in Mexico. Why would we do that? Yeah. Nobody takes that." Um, and then he's like, he goes to his boss and they accept our deal. But then he comes back and then he's like trying to negotiate a little more. And I knew he was going to kind of come back with like a car salesman thing but in the end of the day again being in jail in mexico city at night during a pandemic uh who knows what the conditions are right now i don't think my body would be made for jail um camera equipment and not getting confiscated yeah very short timeline and on a rescue mission mm -hmm. um and all of our contacts are like stateside too so i don't think you'd be able to contact anybody that would help us right yeah, so yeah, exactly. There's like not like a there's not like an embassy mm -hmm. reach out that we yeah. could Cuz everywhere you go, you have a guy you can call. But mm -hmm. Mexico has been the one place where you're like, "Oh yeah, my guy can't be here because of the pandemic." Exactly. So basically, we get out of it and what I do is he gets frustrated cuz yeah. he goes, "Is there anything else you can pay me?" I was yeah, like, "I can go buy you a Coca-Cola." Yeah. That's yeah. what I offered him. Mm -hmm. And he's like, "No, it's going to be it has to be a couple more pesos." So I open up my wallet knowing that I only had a couple hundred pesos mm -hmm. and I go, uh, this is all I have. I could throw it in there. And he's like, okay. And so we get out of it. Super annoying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is the worst part. I think out of the whole story, this is the worst part for me. Oh, okay. I'm ready. I just make, uh, I'm making lemonade out of the lemons. Cause this is just you're how enjoying yourself out of international travel. I'm he's still trying to recoup. Tears. Yeah, he's trying to recoup, and so we're driving on the freeway now, halfway. Mexico makes no sense because we're on the freeway, and they're like, "You need to go sixty kilometers an hour," which is like thirty miles an hour on the freeway. Yeah, and everybody's going like five times that. Everyone's going like ninety <laughs> miles an hour. Everybody's passing me. Big rigs are passing me. Yep, my little our little rental car is going sixty and holds and steady. And all and Robert about an hour into our drive gets the gusto to pass a car, 
And then I record it and go, oh, we made a big move. Robert's passing his first car. They must have been arrested or must have been stopped earlier too. And then he just literally is like, oh my God. God. Just insult to injury. And yeah. I'm like, how much longer until we got? We're like, well, we would have been there already. I was like, we're... well, if we, were, if we were going a normal speed, we'd probably be there already. But since we're driving at a third of the speed limit, we've got two hours left. And, oh, it, and he's I like, do not want to be driving. He's like, mm. yeah. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. I'm like, it's okay, dude. Like, you'll appreciate this later. Right now, it's too much. I'm starting to appreciate it more. Like, thankfully, yeah. like, call, like talking to you and then getting roasted by my mom earlier was... was... <laughs> Your not mom, gentle your mom, mom is savage mom was worse than you and i was like i'll call my mom yeah. and then like she's like making feel better. fun out of it yeah and she's like well, what did you expect it's mexico yeah my mom basically called me an idiot in so many words so, <laughs> so i feel better thanks mom so yeah um so long story short yeah. we're in a hotel room Thanks. um now we're about to go do the rescue of at the or sorry we're about to go see the Margay at the rescue because it's gone through the transport. And they're very excited to meet us. They are such awesome people. Yeah. They helped us get a nice uh, discount on a local hotel that was safe because um, we've never traveled in this area. So I always try to like work yeah. with the locals again. Um, they want to take us to lunch. Mm -hmm. They want to take us around the whole facility. Give us a whole tour. They and don't speak English. We don't speak Spanish. So this should be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, a lot of Google Translate today. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> You know, it's it's just how the game goes, you know, saving wildlife. Again, too, like, this is all a highlight of one good Samaritan's act propelled the saving of a threatened species. Mm. So um, ocelots are con uh, considered threatened with extinction, which is the tier above endangered. Um, but however, they technically could be endangered species. Um, like I said, the data is just not there. It's not well researched. Um and again, we wouldn't normally have this full circle thing, but what we're trying to do is align this wildlife rescue to pick up this kind of activity so that when something happens from at least Mexico and we get a call, we can work directly with them. Mm -hmm. And then we can say, we have vetted them through the entire process because this is how we work in other countries too. We work hand in hand with our partners. And we collaborate and create stronger projects as a team. Yeah. So it becomes more cost effective. It becomes more direct and local. Mm -hmm. It becomes more efficient. And uh, it's basically just streamlining. But you don't want to just be like, oh, they have a nice Facebook page. Oh, they have a good spokesperson. Mm -hmm. And call it from there. Not a good idea. So as a wildlife professional and as a professional conservationist, I don't like to put my name on things unless we have full clarity of how they work, who they are, where they work mm -hmm. kind of thing. That's what's so cool about the GCF though. It's like, if you are like, Oh yeah, these guys are legit. I, I feel like we've built such a rapport that like, if we say that they're, they're good, then they're good. Like you, you don't ever really have to question it. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's, I mean, that's years of trust and relationship building. Exactly. And it's, thing. it's, it's the exhausting front of the homework, mm -hmm. but it's that ease of cooperation and collaboration down the line. You're not like, oh, who is that? And what? Yeah. Are we sure that that's the, like, you know, like, not, that's like, all I gone. Don't know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, if to come to the, everybody can do one good thing in their day. And mm -hmm. everybody always asks, how can I make a difference in conservation? Okay, this person 
living abroad temporarily, saw a wildlife injustice, got involved mm-hmm. uh, peacefully. Peacefully. It's like yeah, a, she went. She. I mean, you could even just give anonymous calls too. Like she went above and beyond. Yeah, she made sure she got custody. Didn't know what she was doing. Reached out to her Facebook universe for help. Uh, and then at the same time, that picked up a tip line call, and that also got us a direct. Someone from the friends list was like, "Oh my gosh, you need to talk to GCF." Mm-hmm. We, we luckily were available. Um, yeah, because like, we couldn't have done this if we were in Africa. If we were in Africa, yeah, it would have been too sketch to pull some of our stateside team members onto this project uh with the conditions at hand Mm -hmm. and it would have been too inefficient to pull somebody from like our european or african teams or even our asian teams it just logistically wouldn't have been appropriate living in san diego it's actually pretty close and really really easy yeah so you know she chose to go the right way with an action course action now you can also just use apps like Wildlife Witness. Um, mm-hmm. Report suspicious or malicious activity involving wildlife or animals while you're on vacations. Choosing to not engage in um, paying schemes like photo traps where animals are chained or drugged or riding on the back of animals. Um, things that may seem unethical, if that's, in your, if that's ringing in your mind, it probably is. If you have a question, you know, you can always send those kinds of things. Like, is this ethical? Mm-hmm. You can send it to GCF and we'll answer. Um, TripAdvisor also has a bunch of blocks now on unethical animal-based really? activities. That's actually really cool. Yeah, that's a big company. That yeah. shuts down a lot. But street-based things. You know, you're on the street and there's a guy with a monkey and he's offering you to take pictures. Or maybe you're really remote and it's a sloth or a, a macaw. Chances are those animals were poached. Mm-hmm. Um it's not a good scheme, not a good thing to be a part of. Yep. Um, that's the first step. This is like my all-time favorite thing to say, how you can best make a difference every single day in your life is how you choose to spend your money. You're voting for how companies direct their funding and direct their merchandise and direct their ethos as a company. Mm-hmm. So uh, supporting your local farmer's markets, supporting... Um, polycropping, supporting organic foods, mm-hmm. supporting sustainable-based uh, food products, uh, pull-caught fish, locally sourced fish, um, sustainable and um, smart land use, beef and cattle and yeah. eggs, all that. Yeah. That makes a difference. Yeah, your dollar goes for a lot farther than yeah. you think. Well, if you think, too, like if the entirety of California, for example, put their money into that direction, everybody has to follow suit or they're going to lose. Mm-hmm. Um Look at what just happened on Reddit. They rocked the stock market. Stock market. They say GameStop. <clears throat> Go GameStop. They, that's a comical example, but I mean, that's a reality. Mm-hmm. Like if, if we all stopped buying these single-use plastic bottles, which unfortunately was our only choice to. for clean yeah. water here, um, they wouldn't come in these anymore. Nope. Um, to be real, like boxed like in a, a card, kind of like a cardboard carton, mm-hmm. Or tin would be a lot better. I actually think it tastes better too. It, actually, yeah, <laughs> it sometimes really it does. does. <laughs> um, you know, simple things: where you get your coffee, mm-hmm. where you get your fuel, um, what vehicles you purchase, yeah. uh, what phone company you support, mm-hmm. um, where you buy your clothes. All of these make a difference. How you spend your money is a vote. Yeah. Um, you know, becoming more aware of truly. Um, 
well-researched and scientific based issues as well. So like, you know, um, what's happening with certain species? Uh, why is it happening? Where is it happening? If that first level of awareness then creates you to be kind of an ambient, um, speech person, but you can elevate that further. Yeah. Um, I mean like you've gone on every trip, right? Mm -hmm. And now you have a you've got a small following on TikTok, TikTok, TikTok yeah. And your mom, my though, mom does, yeah. Your and mom's gotten huge. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, I, especially too from somebody who rare, you know, recently wasn't part of the conservation world, and now I'm kind of like now I'm in it. It's there, it's crazy that disconnect of like, oh well, they're so far away, or like yeah. I'm only one person. What can I do? And and I think people need to shake that that stigma of like, oh, it's you know, it's somebody else's fight, it's somebody else's problem. And if we all look at it like collectively. That like, you know, I can do something, I can make a difference. If we all, I mean, even 10% of the population had that mindset, the world would be changing drastically for the better. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's really interesting to see how far an individual can go in terms of, you know, animal conservation and just betterment of the world. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. And when you benefit animal conservation, you are benefiting people at the same time. Yeah, you're investing. People are always tied to the life cycle of mm-hmm. wildlife. Um, you know, this goes again to travel. Ecotourism based options, huge. Awesome. Where you stay, mm-hmm. how you travel, um, you know, that's what you need to do. <clears throat> Anybody can be a wildlife hero. Everybody has the opportunity to do that. Granted, it's not as easy to jump into the level. You know, you get people who ask like, "Oh, how can I do what you're going to do?" It took me more than half of my life yeah. to do it, mm-hmm. and I've had a lot of multiple backgrounds in different working aspects. But again, I like to boil it back to how can everybody else be involved? Because mm-hmm. we need more people on the side of wildlife conservation because it actually is better for everybody. Like, you know, going to clean beaches and being able to swim at all times, clean air, mm-hmm. um, less congestion on freeways, less smog. Mm-hmm. I mean, that benefits all of us. Cleaner food, tastier food, local food. You know, you're supporting your own community. Yeah. You, the strength of your community equals to the strength of your home and land if you own. Yeah. Um, you're really just investing in the future. You're investing in a, a healthy future of your mm-hmm. own life cycle. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, there's it's, it, we, realistically, we don't have too, too much longer until we're at that pivoting point. And I would like to be on the side of history where I was like, I did that. I, you know, I fixed that. There, there was that problem and we corrected it kind of thing. And it feels really good to help, you know? Yeah, it's nice. It's yeah. really, it's cool. I mean, what's, there's no better feeling at the end of the day to be able to help people animals and and, you know like it's a pretty cool win-win um but yeah i mean shoot what's next uh africa i guess africa's next you know i always hate on my interviews to like say a hundred percent what's gonna be next because i feel like that's when Mm -hmm. everything gets shuffled Mm -hmm. or even like we've had projects where we're like everything looks great and then like a government withdrawals yeah last second last second you're like oh. while, while you're boarding the plane or something goofy. Yeah, you're on the plane yeah. on the way yeah and some curveball comes from a, some newly elected government yeah, official far sick. away and you're like yeah. oh mm-hmm. i reckon we'll have more stuff in between then because africa is a little bit away so i reckon we'll be doing some cool stuff yeah we we have lots if anything we have plenty of stories to talk about past projects. Oh, dude, all of them are making me look like a dork. I'm excited because I do dorky shit stuff. It's pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, it's comical roast. It is comical roast. There's there is video footage. Long, yeah. Dude, I... 
Yeah, we have plenty of stories to talk about that. Yeah. Also, at some point, we need to have your mom on here. I was just thinking that we should not have my mom on here. Oh, why? Because she's mean to me. I don't know. The dual roast is so funny, though. (laughs) No, because you guys always gang up on me. Not really. Yeah. I just kind of sit back and giggle. No, you poke you poke the bear. My mom just kind of goes off on me. So you 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 match if she is gasoline. (laughs) So. I mean, we can, we, yeah, we can do it. Okay. We can do it. I mean, maybe in the next couple episodes. Well, she has like that, what can the everyday person do? Yeah, no, she's got a, and she's got a huge audience to reach too. And she loves this stuff. I mean, she, I, I wish she wants to do more in terms of conservation and she does a lot already, but yeah, this would be a great, like, what can the average person does? Cause she does not do what we do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it also too, it's not like, uh, not like this is all conservation too. Like yeah. it, you guys see the uh, <clears throat> you see the finished product side, mm. but there's months of back work on admin and fundraising yeah. and paperwork and documents and yeah. planning. Yeah. I mean, it's I mean the fun side is fun, but yeah. it is a lot of work, and in their long days. It's, it's and, like an iceberg, dude. You only see like the ten percent and yeah, the ninety percent of of work. You nobody. Really kind of yeah, because I mean that's the, and that's the detriment and that's the hard part of conservation. They're like, yeah, of course I'd like to go to Africa and do this and that. But like, yeah, but we've been this has been the works for nine months. Yes, exactly. You know, um, late night phone calls, early morning meetings. Perfect example. You know, like you post a a social media post about a project update. That project probably took two years to get to that point, yep. or longer, mm-hmm. <laughs> thousands of hours, and then it's, it gets bundled up into a easy to digest simple simplified yeah. uh, instagram post and then it gets just engaged and it's not always the engagement you hope for he's like man yeah. that was so cool yeah. and people are like like Great. move on <laughs> <laughs> shuffle yeah that's, that's an interesting beast uh robert what would you give travel tips let's, i mean let's throw five five travel tips that's a really good question okay to traveling in mexico okay. uh don't wear pants if you go southern mexico because people make fun of you fact it's also really hot hence so making fun of you hot yeah they were like nice pants dude i'm like i, uh, I just got off an airplane <laughs> black pants again black yeah <laughs> they're like wow sick fashion choice dude um <laughs> uh black, don't wear pants if you're going someplace tropical i learned that one um I'm trying to think of another one. Food. What about food? Food. It, do what the locals do. Ask around. Like, because we've done nothing but eat, like, the most amazing food, but we've had to ask, like, yo, dude, where is a good place to do this? What's a good place for dinner? And people are really happy about their area, and they really want to show what their community has, and so they'll always point you in the right direction. And we've had some amazing... We had this one dish, mazunte, I think. Mm-hmm. No? Yeah? Mazutle, I think Mazutle. Um, it was just a spin on words. Yeah. And it was like this huge seafood platter and it was so good. It was, that twice it was basically in a row. like the pride of the local fisherman's yeah. catch. Yeah. We had, we had two food babies. Guacamole and mm-hmm. tortillas. handmade tortillas yeah. and chips. And I was like, oh my yeah. gosh. That's two. Three would be, don't go to Mexico City. Can I say that? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> dude, I have no... I'm all about the wild, man. Uh, there's there's no about, animals anywhere. The disconnect of being in Mexico City and direct conservation mm-hmm. is big. So, yeah. I mean, but th- I mean, this is yours. Okay, what about sleep? What, what would you say about sleep? <clears throat> Tips for sleeping. Tips for sleeping. 
Is this for like you in the airplane? Or no, is this no, for me no. In general? Well, I guess it could be. Like you knock out on the airplane. This I'm is the first like, time I haven't seen like, you sleep on the bug airplane. Bug spray, bug nets, fans. Overrated. Uh, rooms <laughs> that have screens on them, so you Again, don't get you eaten. You don't alive. need those. Granted, we are covered in bug bites. Yeah, itching like crazy. <laughs> yeah, no. Realize where you're going. Maybe, maybe pack bug spray, which we didn't. All right. Uh, how about planning for unique travel situations and power outages? Oh yeah, so much fun. Yeah, every every night at like six or seven, the power would be out, and thankfully, like when we got there, the power was out until like ten or eleven. So we didn't, and it got on like shortly after. So we didn't really see the blackout, but like the other days we were there, it was out for like an hour, 45 minutes. So bring a headlamp or use your phone. And the uh, solar lamps. Solar lanterns lamps, are great yeah. too. Report, uh, what do they call them? Portable chargers are huge. So if you can't use the wall outlet. Mm -hmm. If you've got a, pole, a portable solar charging unit, because yeah, you're going to be more remote for a mm -hmm. long time, mm -hmm. that's also a great yep. response. So we're at four. Five would be locate good bathrooms and figure out how to lock them before you start pooping or unlock them in your case yeah or lock, unlock them well yeah. i had trouble on both sides yeah and I, did I or maybe you? how to learn how to ask for help when you it's so close. i whispered i whispered yelled i was like bye <laughs> and then but the worst part is there, when i got out finally i was all sweaty because i started stress sweating the worst part was there was like this blonde lady who was just like she was sit staring at the bathrooms and we kind of locked eyes <laughs> I didn't tell you that part. Deer in headlights? I was, I was like, well, because I, I jumped out, right? Because I was so excited. And she kind of looked at me. I looked at her. And, like, <laughs> and I went and washed my hands and ran out. Epic. Um, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Did I, did I tell you at the airport, too? All the stalls were kind of jacked up. And I was like, no, no. I won't, I won't play this game again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. You fooled me once, Mexico. We're <laughs> <laughs> playing the mousetrap game. <laughs> uh, my travel tips yes. would be... Um, always keep your devices charged as if you won't be able to charge it again for two days. True. Um, and with that comes the backup alternatives. I have, I have all that stuff. Dress casually. Yeah. Don't bring yourself out when you're traveling ab abroad. Yeah. Notice how the locals are dressing. It's mm -hmm. a huge one. You, you blend in as much as you can mm -hmm. in the sense of you don't want to create yourself any issues with scenes. Mm -hmm. Um, there will be places where you can. Be extravagant and comfy and nice, but try to try to you know match the scene. Um, make sure your friends and family know where you're traveling constantly. Yeah, your and, itinerary and yeah. keep track of that. And yeah. also, anytime you're traveling, you can check in with your local embassy so they know you're in country too. Because mm -hmm. there are services for Americans, or if you're from another country, your embassy will have services for your national heritage and citizenship uh, to receive services of support um which is really important in a pandemic because if you get stuck somewhere that might be you your check it out on your side yeah um food ask for what the local favorite is not just what they like to eat mm. find the dishes and or the drinks that are the local specialty you may never get a chance to try those again yeah. and be careful if you have allergies food allergies but try to live on that side because you might find your favorite food you never knew existed um and when i guess number five is uh try to live like a local and live some of the local experiences yeah, have fun. um you you will find things that will change your life perspective mm -hmm. and your trip and that last minute find or that word of mouth find 
might be your favorite overall find that you do. Game changer. Yeah. All right. So I cool. think with that, we're moving into we're almost our hour. next episode. Yeah. How about I just set this, the tone? Let's do it. Uh, we're going to go to the next episode and talk about Robert's first trip to Indo. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely need my mom on that one then. Oh my, are you sure? Maybe she could come in a halfway or yeah, part two. Maybe part two. Okay, part two. Because I think her side of the story is so funny. I think if you tell it first yeah. and then we have your mom on oh, the roasting segment. Brilliant. Because we got to tell Robert's my first field deployment. Yeah. We might have Ashley on that one too. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. As a first guest. So... Tracking Sumatran rhino and Javan rhino yep. in the jungles of Indonesia and setting up community-based and anti-poaching-based mm-hmm. partnerships and programs mm-hmm. abroad. That was so much fun. It's a beautiful country. So many lots stories. of fun. Yeah. But we'll leave it that for a cliffhanger. Yep, yep, yep. And that'll be the next. So for this uh, journey of Once Upon a Time in Mexico, we'll meet you next time talking about Sumatra. Adios. And Java. I like it. Cool, then.